Support for Financial Grown-Up with Bobby Rebel and the following message come from TransferWise, the cheaper way to send money internationally. TransferWise takes a machete to the hefty fees that come with sending money abroad. Test it out for free at TransferWise.com slash podcast or download the app. I remember my dad and my mom kind of wondering, well, why are all of these checks coming in the mail? Eventually, I think eBay was uh, a little suspect as to what I was doing as well. My parents were a little suspicious. My dad, I think, stopped bringing my boxes for shipment to the post office. You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown-up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, friends. Certified financial planner and author of The Millennial Money Fix, Doug Bonaparte, was born to be an entrepreneur. He started building businesses in his teens. Doug was hesitant to share the story you're going to hear because, well, it was the early days of the internet. And let's just say the rules were still unclear. That aside, it is a great lesson in taking something you love, knowing the market, and then filling a demand by creating supply. Here is certified financial planner, Doug Bonaparte. Doug Bonaparte, you are a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. One of my favorite CFP friends. And also, by the way, congratulations on your still relatively new book, The Millennial Money Fix. We're going to talk more about that soon. But first, I want to get to your money story. It's a really good one. We've been talking about this. (laughs) It's a throwback. It's a throwback to when you were 15 years old. Anime was a big thing. You learned about the markets with a little business venture. Tell us. So self-admitted super dork here in uh, in no. high school. I, I really, I really kind of got into Japanese animation. I thought it was awesome. And one thing that I noticed was it was becoming more and more popular in American culture. I think Cartoon Network had Toonami, and it was something I just loved. I loved, I loved all these things: video games, and of course, Japanese animation. I was really good with computers. My brother and I were both really good with computers, and I always was able to find a way to surf the internet a little bit better than others. So. I said, geez, if we could find a way to uh, get some great shows, these anime shows, and and, uh, sell them, we could probably make some money. I noticed the demand in this relatively new market in the U.S., and I did just that. You know, I found a number of series back from like the 80s. I think CD burners were relatively new, and eBay was relatively new. So what did I have? I had a market. I had a way to distribute. I had a way to capture content. And I was in business and the checks came in. How much were the checks, Doug? Each series in the beginning. And what was really interesting is I watched the the price of these series come down pretty dramatically over the course of like six months. But checks for 80 bucks, 70 bucks for a particular show. And you're how old again? I was 15. 15, okay. Yeah, so uh, here I was thinking I had a really cool idea. I remember my dad and my mom kind of wondering, well, why are all of these checks coming in the mail? Oh, they didn't know what was going on. Well, no, they really didn't. They they knew like I was savvy <laughs> with computers and and uh, I was into these shows, but uh, they you know they left me. I was a good boy. They left me to my. How device. much money, Doug, was coming in exactly? How much 
what was your haul here? I think from beginning to end, I had to have cleared $10,000 in, you know, in checks. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a lot of money for a 15 year old. And the worst part is I have no idea what I did with it. Oh no. Okay, I know. Well. I'm sure I spent it on like candy and video games and computer equipment and real, again, real, real dorky stuff. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. And, uh, I felt like I was running this amazing enterprise where uh, I had really tapped into something that was becoming popular. But those <laughs> those checks eventually dwindled. And eventually, I think eBay was uh, a little suspect as to what I was doing as well. My parents were a little uh, suspicious. My dad, I think, stopped bringing my boxes for shipment to the post office, which was right outside his office. And uh, that was the end of my um, borderline questionable anime sales and marketing job on eBay. Was there a talk that your parents had with you and your brother, by the way? Your brother's involved in this too, no, I assume? No, no, no. He, rem- he remains innocent. I remember my dad pulling my brother aside and uh, asking, what, what is your brother doing? I think my brother covered for me pretty good. He goes, he's uh, putting these shows on, on, <laughs> on CDs. I think, they're, <laughs> I think they're so old and nobody cared. And my dad kind of looked at him strangely. And I think that was the end of him... Uh, you know, kind of sponsoring or being my mule to bring the uh, the series to the post office. Yeah, quasi unethical behavior, perhaps at 15. Um, hey, look, kids are going to get in trouble. And it's probably a good reminder to let, you know, those who are trying to become entrepreneurs early on, you know, make sure what you're doing is is completely legit. Like the computer repair business my brother and I were running, that that seemed to be probably a little bit more above board. But uh, it was it was a great learning lesson. It, it kind of... Uh, fan the flames of the entrepreneur in me, and uh, only led to greater success down the road. It was the early days of the internet, so the rules were not clear yet, to be clear, in yeah. terms of, you know, you were a 15-year-old kid, you you certainly were not intentionally doing anything that was not above board. Yeah, no, I thought I was extremely clever. I thought it was amazing that, you know, this could all be put together, and if I was smart enough to do it, then to the victor go the spoils. Now, looking back at it, yeah, maybe a little bit dicey, but again, I kind of wear it with a badge of honor and, and have more value from the lessons that I learned in doing it and in business than really just about anything else. But yeah, you got to probably walk in a fine line there. From an entrepreneurial standpoint, from a money standpoint, what did you learn running this internet business at age 15? I mean, were there marketing secrets? Because you did well. Yeah. You did really well. Yeah, I learned that if you can sell something that you're excited about and you're passionate about, it, it's almost like not working. And and that's a really important lesson. And, and that holds true as an advisor. My friends don't want to hear how I love Monday. I do. I absolutely love what I do in the same way that I loved what I was doing. I loved these shows and the stories. And I thought, that you know, I was sharing them with other people in this you know new trend that was emerging. That was super cool. So that was lesson number one. Two was really you know an economic lesson and looking at something here that I saw. I saw the trend. I saw the demand. I had an ability to supply it. And sure enough, you know, you put those two concepts together and you're in business. 
And then third, you know, is the internet side of things. Again, this is kind of the dawn of e-commerce. This is the beginning of the internet. You know, I thank my parents for allowing my brother to get a, a broadband cable modem and to be able to do a lot of cool stuff out there. And I think the lessons and the experience I had there followed through to even how I'm operating business today. A lot of the way that I market my firm is definitely on the internet side of things. So I was an early adopter and those are my three big lessons from you know being an entrepreneur at the age of 15 even if it was selling Japanese animation on eBay. I hate to ask you this, but the $10,000, you really have no idea where it went, Doug. Because right. I know people want to know. Fourth lesson, <laughs> you know, become financially literate and responsible. And I only imagine, you know, this is where, you know, I'm haunted by what if I had bought some really cheap technology stocks back in the day or something like that, I'd be swimming in it, right? $10,000, age 15, Doug, where did it go? I, you tell me. <laughs> where where didn't it go? I probably I always had a lot of fun, and I really liked video games and computer. I probably just, I'll tell you where it went. It went into computers and hardware and things like that. I, again, you know, you're, you're having me admit just how big of a nerd I was. But that's investing back in the business. No, that was to play video games and get like cool graphic cards and, and buy video <laughs> games and stuff like that. No, I was, was trying to help you there, Doug. No, no, no. <laughs> I appreciate that, but there's no really no helping me on that one. So let's talk about your money tip. This is a good one. You struggled with this, but I think it's a really good one because so many people spend so much time on their way to and from work. Hopefully they're listening to podcasts like this one while they do it. But it's important to really prioritize this time and think about it as an asset. And you have a money tip to that end. That's right. When you're thinking about commuting, I think that you should pay for the things that free up your time. So for me, that's parking across the river in Jersey City. So there is a car that can get me to my daughter or home a lot faster. And therefore, I can be more productive with my time. It's paying for things like uh, you know, your 4G internet for your laptop. So if I do take the train or I'm not driving, I can work and be productive. So the theme here is I usually don't hesitate to spend money on things like parking or internet, things that make me become more productive when I'm commuting. It's usually a good payoff. All right. Sounds good. Let's talk a little bit about The Millennial Money Fix. This is a great book. It's very comprehensive and yet to the point. Tell me more. So there are a lot of personal finance books out there, and I hope that the stories are what differentiate one book from another. And this is, A, 80% of what you should have learned about in personal finance right here in like 200 pages, extremely digestible. But B, it's a firsthand perspective of what it's like for two hardworking millennials to navigate their young adult and now more mature adult lives in a way that's relatable and practical. We know what hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt looks like. We know what it's like to buy a home and start a family and have kids with that burden. And we know how hard you have to work to make these things happen. So we practice what we preach and we want to share our story. My wife, Heather, and I want to share our story with everyone so they become financially educated, empowered, and go after their great things in life. And also, of course, people look at you. You're a very successful certified financial planner. You're all over the media, so prominent, but you have the same challenges that so many people do have. 
that's right. You know, if you judge a book by its cover, you might say to yourself, well, there's nothing, you know, these two really need to worry about. They're, they're doing really well for themselves. And, you know, that's false. I mean, yeah, we're doing really well. You're doing well, but it's not all, you know, roses. Yeah, exactly. Nothing's been handed to us. And our debt was something that we took on ourselves through Heather's own decisions to go to law school. You went to graduate school too. I went to graduate school too, but I I willingly knew what the, the impact would be. She did not have that advantage. And that's actually a cool contrast that we provide in the book, what it's like to pay for an expensive education, knowing fully well what it means financially, as well as what it means to pay for that education, not being financially literate. And I think that's something a lot of young people are going through, the old, older millennials. And I think it's an opportunity for younger millennials and even Gen Z to use this as a you know cautionary tale. Know what it is uh, that you're getting yourself into and how to find that return on your investment and set yourself up with lessons that you should be learning, but unfortunately aren't offered to you. So we're going to provide that. Well said. And where can people find you? People can find me so many places. So many places. Website, so many places. Bonafidewealth.com is the website. You can follow me on Twitter at Doug Bonaparte, Facebook. Just Google Douglas Bonaparte and, and take your pick. All right. And YouTube especially. Check out his YouTube channel. It's awesome. <laughs> especially for young financial advisors. That, that's for you. Absolutely. All right, Doug, you've been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Here's my take on Doug's teenage entrepreneurial venture. Financial grown-up tip number one. You guys may have noticed, I didn't want to let Doug off the hook about his profits. It was $10,000. He was only 15, so we are going to give him a pass. But if you are bringing in cash, you need to have a system, any system, whatever works for you. There's a lot we don't know about what was going on with Doug's business. We don't know if there was overhead. Probably not. We don't know who was paying, for example, for his shipping costs. Probably his dad. So it was pure profit. So $10,000, he enjoyed it. He was 15. But if you want to be a financial grown-up, figure out what's going on with your cash flow and be more deliberate and more intentional. Financial grown-up tip number two. Doug talked about spending money to make your commute and your life more productive. He focused on logistics like parking and having internet wherever he goes. And that is a great point. Spend money on productivity so you can complete more work more efficiently. For example, this is something I've come to realize. I will sometimes cut my workday short to pick up my son from school. That can be as early as 2.30 in the afternoon some days. On a personal level, that's great. But sometimes it's a mistake because it can cut hours off my workday when I could simply pay a babysitter just to pick him up and get those hours back. Then I can be focused on my son when he is home because I have completed my work. Racing to get him and then ignoring him because I have to get work done is not a win for either of us. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Financial Grown Up. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you have not already and be in touch. Follow me on Twitter at Bobby Rebel and Instagram at Bobby Rebel One and learn more about the show at bobbyrebell.com forward slash financial grown up podcast. You can also get our newsletter there and find out how you can be a guest on the show. I hope you enjoyed Doug's story and that we all got one step closer to being financial grownups.
Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.